Are you struggling to make your first 100K or next? Are you pretending you're successful but barely getting by? Are you tired of comparing yourself to millionaires and billionaires who make it look so easy? Welcome to First 100K, the number one entrepreneur voice in America. I talk about the important things that no one else is talking about, like how to make your first $100,000, because I believe this is where 90% of entrepreneurs get stuck. And I tackle the mental game of entrepreneurship that we all secretly struggle with but won't admit. My guests are successful entrepreneurs who share their mistakes, their number one fears, their daily habits, and their superpowers that push them over the 100K mark. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a 10-time failed entrepreneur and the owner of two co-working spaces here in Tampa, Florida. This show was created for you, the entrepreneur who's pushing to break through the elusive 100K milestone. Wherever you are in your business, you're just 100K away. Today, our featured guest is Aaron Walker. And Aaron is a businessman. He's a life coach. He has inspired so many people through his leadership, his mentorship, and consistent pursuit of excellence. Now, I am a huge fan of leadership. I am a huge fan of coaching and a huge fan of getting mentors. And Aaron literally walks this, the talk. He's always surrounded himself, his entire business career, with mentors and coaches to really call out and point out his blind spots. So we're going to talk a little bit about that in his entrepreneurial journey today. Now, 39 years of entrepreneurship and marriage have given Aaron a wealth of experience. And do not think that marriage is not your best teacher. Sometimes it's better than business, right, Aaron? So Aaron continues to reach new heights and broaden his perspective of the terrain by examining his experiences and growing through them. So Aaron, welcome to the show. That's a very broad intro. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that, would you? Hey, Joseph. Thanks for having me on, buddy. I really appreciate it. I've been looking forward to this interview, and uh, it's going to be time well spent hanging out with you because your show is amazing. And so I'm pretty excited and honored to be your guest. Hey, I won't keep you but a minute in regards to my past, but I'll just give you a little context. I started my first business when I was 18 years old. We sold out to a fortune 500 when I was 27, took about a year and a half off. My wife said, you're getting fat and lazy. Get out of the bed. We got to get you back to work. And I started laughing. So I go back and buy the company I started with when I was 13 years old. We grew it over the next nine years, four times the size it was when we bought it. Then in 2001, uh, we'll go back and revisit this later, but I had a very horrific automobile accident, kind of took me out of commission for about five years, went in the construction business. We uh, built a construction company to number one, three consecutive years here in Middle Tennessee. And then eight years ago when I turned 50, I retired, I thought, for the third and final time. My wife said I've retired more than the law allows. And we started View from the Top, and now I get to coach men every single day, and we have eight different countries represented now in our mastermind groups. And I'm having probably more fun today, Joseph, than I've ever had in all of the 12 businesses that we've owned combined over the past 40 years. View from the top and iron sharpens iron is where I spend my time today helping ordinary men become extraordinary in all they do. Now, Aaron, I got to ask you, why is this business the best for you? 
Yeah, you know what? I've been asked that before, and I'll tell you why. Is because it's about other people. It's not about myself. And that is what's so meaningful and purposeful because the lives of other people are changing. It's not just me making another $100,000 or opening another location because nobody cares about that but your own family. But people do care about when your life impacts them to the point where they can make more money or they can be more purposeful and meaningful in their career. And I'm helping guys do that every day. So in your previous companies, was that not also the case though? Like you're helping your clients make money? Grow yeah, I didn't really look at it that way, just to be honest with you. And it yeah. goes back to 2001 and we can revisit that. But at first, you know, when I first started, it was about making money. It was about having a place, you know, on the beach. It was about having a house in the mountains. It was about a bigger house here in Nashville. I'm a Nashville, uh, a native Nashvilleian. And uh, I left out the 39-year marriage to Robin. I've got two daughters, 35 and 31, and I've got five grandchildren now. Wow. And so we get to spend a lot of time with our family here in Nashville. But it was different than Joseph because I was looking inward and not outward. And mm -hmm. what I discovered was is that nobody's life was different as a result of having been around me but our own. And nobody cares what I had, right? I mean, it was like, hey, good for you. Glad you do. But it's not impacting me any. And then when I had that automobile accident, I said, Lord, if you'll just give me one more shot at this, I'll turn my focus outward instead of inward. And let me tell you what's happened as a result of that. We're far more successful financially and significantly as a result of reaching out, helping other people accomplish their goals. Because when you help other people and you spend the majority of your time reaching out, looking out, trying to help other people, the natural reciprocity, they want to be around you. They want to do business with you. They want to be on your team. They want to send you people. And it's just a lot more enjoyable way to live your life when you're looking outward instead of inward. So speak to my listener right now in Startup Nation that really feels like they're showing up and they're serving other people and they're giving everything that they can, but they not, they haven't yet experienced that more reciprocity coming back in their direction. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it depends. First of all, you can't go out there and give with the expectations to get, it's gotta be genuine. And so for me, oftentimes when I was a young guy, my twenties or thirties, I would always do things with the caveat of, well, but now you owe me, or now you should do this for me because I did X, Y, and Z for you. Now it's much different because we do a lot of things uh, anonymously. Uh, people don't even know about it. We very intentionally reach out and help people that can't necessarily help us uh, because our motivation stays in check that way. I know that you know, hey, we've got a little bigger platform or we do this or that. And there's really no way that this guy could bring me a resource or an introduction that would make a huge difference. And yet I want to help him. We teach our grandchildren to do that. We do something called Gratitude Day to where the day after Thanksgiving every year, we'll take the grandchildren, I'll take them and we'll go to a restaurant and we'll buy meals anonymously. And we'll go to the nursing home and hand out candy and make pictures and give them to the retirees that are there. We'll go to the children's hospital and we'll hand out toys all along, but we don't tell them who we are. We're not doing it for the notification. I mean, for the glorification for us or the notoriety, we're doing it for the benefit of the others. And we're teaching our grandchildren to be very generous. And I think adults need to be taught that. 
oftentimes we'll do things and we're like, okay, I did this. Now they're going to do something back. I think the natural law of reciprocity will happen faster if it's done with a pure heart and there is no expectations. It's just the way that we're designed to live in community. God didn't create us to live in isolation because isolation is the enemy to excellence. And if you want to really develop and cultivate relationships, we've got to be in this kind of community that I'm talking about. And that's the reason that I so encourage people that we do today. And I'm not saying this from a boastful standpoint. I'm saying it's in actuality things that we do with no expectations. And I'll give you a prime example. Many, many, many examples I could give you. And I know your listeners want practical application that they can go out and do this themselves. Video is something that we use hugely every single day. And I'll give you a prime example. So last week I go into the bank and there's this guy that I've known. His name's Connor. And I've known Connor about six months. Connor is bends over backwards to help us all the time. So I walked in the other day and I said, I know this is going to be tough because we did an international wire. And when we did that, it takes a lot of time, a lot of paperwork. And he fills it out. He said, Mr. Walker, it's no problem. He's smiling. Everything's great. He's excited. He's thanking me for our business. And I'm thinking, well, that's pretty unusual. So I come back a couple of days later and I open up five checking accounts. We implemented um, Mike McCallowitz Profit First system in our business. Outstanding, by the way. But anyway, I go into the bank and I said, Connor, I'm going to open these five accounts. And he said, Mr. Walker, I'll tell you what you do. I've got all your information. I'll have it all ready for you. No need for you to wait around. You come back in tomorrow. I'll have it all set up. All you got to do is sign. And I'm like, where's this guy been all my life? So I go in the next day. I do all the signing. I leave the office and I start thinking about this. And I said, you know, most people complain about things when they're not going well, but I look for people doing things right and I try to reward them. So I came back to my office, cut on my computer, and I did a two-minute video. And here's kind of how it went. I'll just give you a, a clip it up. Hey, I'm Avery Walker, president, founder of View from the Top, and I want to tell you about my friend Connor. Connor is unbelievable. And I go through and I tell the story that I just told you about the checking account the wire transfer. And so, and I stopped the video and I sent it to the branch manager. The branch manager sent it to the VP. The VP sent it to the president of the bank. I get emails from them along with another president of one of their other locations. Now I get a phone call yesterday from a guy that wants to use that video in a training for banks. Do you not think that Connor hit it out of the park? from an employer standpoint with those people. That's the reason I'm saying if you want to start doing, now Connor can't do anything for me. There's not one thing that that young man can do for me, but I could have changed his life as a result of making that two minute video. They're gonna give him promotions and opportunities because in the video I said, you need more Connors. This bank needs more guys just like this because he's lighting it up, man, this guy's amazing. Well, we do that type of video every opportunity we get. And we do that all the time. Same way with birthdays. I'll throw up the camera and I'll say, hey, Joseph, I just want to tell you happy birthday today, buddy. I hope you rock it with your family. And we post it on their Facebook thread. Or we'll do little things personally, send it to your cell phone. Man, when you start doing things like that, it's a sign of gratitude. And you don't think those people remember that stuff? Sure, they remember it. They want to do business with you. It's just the little things in looking outward. Now, we could talk for two more hours about things that we do like that. But I just want to tell your listeners, when you start looking outward and you do those things, you watch the doors that open for you. 
Startup Nation, this is why I brought Aaron onto the show, was for him to speak that kind of truth right into you. Because sometimes we get caught up in the navel gazing, right? We're looking within and we're worrying. We're worried that the world's not giving us our due. Yeah. We haven't got ours yet. When's it going to be my turn? When is, is it going to be my shot? And I got to tell you, I wrestle with this myself. I'm not going to act like I'm better than anyone. Like there's so many times where I can go for years without experiencing anyone doing that kind of stuff for me, right? The stuff that I show up in the world and do for others on a regular basis. And I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm just saying, for whatever reason, sometimes it takes longer. Maybe God is teaching me a lesson. Mm. Joseph, why are you still waiting for it? Mm. Like what's going on inside of you that you need that? Right. And, and that's something just to be real about Startup Nation. So I just want to share my own little mess ups and my own insecurities there. But this is why Aaron's on this show is like he's looking for opportunities to lift up other human beings around him. And Joseph, what would that look like in your own life if you did that or in your business? Like Aaron said, how many new opportunities and possibilities would open up for you? Aaron, go ahead. Let me tell you something you can do. It costs you five or six bucks and you do it two or three times a week. I was in Starbucks not long ago and it was early in the morning and uh, I was standing in line waiting. And every time I go in there, I pick up the guy in front of me or behind me. I just do it. I just love to do it. So I was in there not long ago and there was a lady, two people ahead of me. And man, she was, <laughs> she was asking a million questions at seven o'clock in the morning. I'm like, lady, it's Starbucks. Okay. Their menu is the same. Just order something. So we get up there and I start laughing and the guy in front of me uh, orders his uh, coffee or whatever. And I tap him on the shoulder and I said, Hey man, get whatever you want to. And he goes, I intend on it. And I said, no, I'm going to pick you up. He said, why are you going to do that? I said, I just want to bless you. He said, well, really, why are you going to do that? And I said, well, I got to be honest with you. I said, the lady in front of you was driving me out of my mind. And I said, I could choose to be irritable about that and leave out of here, take me an hour to get over it. And I'm like, man, that crazy lady up there ordering her coffee. But I said, if I do something nice, it takes my mind off of that. It's paying it forward. And he started laughing and he said, this is amazing. He said, have you ever done this before? I said, well, quite honestly, every time I go to Starbucks, I do this. A couple of weeks later, I was back in there. I picked up the guy behind me. This is what I love, Joseph. This is what I love about the story. I picked up the guy behind me. He goes, why did you do that? I said, I just want to bless you, man. He goes, I got money. I can buy my own coffee. I said, I know you can buy your own coffee. I just want to bless you, man. So I get to the door and I've got my, you know, my Venti, you know, London fog in my hand. And I, I get to the door and the guy goes, hey, I got the three people behind me. And I went, yes, that's what it's about, right? It's contagious. Mm -hmm. Man, when you start doing this kind of stuff around people, when we do gratitude day now with my grandkids, it was, it was one of the most watched Facebook lives I've done over 40,000 organic views on the Facebook live that I did talking about this. Now there's hundreds, maybe thousands of people that are doing what we do with our grandchildren. They're doing it with their grandchildren and with their children. And they go out, we've got people now standing at the Chick-fil-A handing out $10 bills to pay for people the day after Thanksgiving. And they, the people in the cars are paying for the people behind them. I'm just telling you, man, it's contagious when you do this kind of stuff. You give toys and help. People are grateful. They're appreciative. It's just, Joseph, a much funner way to live life when we're doing this. You know, people say, yeah, if I had your money, I would do that too. Listen, 
if you won't do it now, percentage-wise, where you're at, you wouldn't do it if you had $10 million because money doesn't change the heart. It magnifies what's already there. And All right, so let's go back doing, in, right? let's go back in time for a second, okay? Because sure. I love this, right? This is fantastic content. And right now, you're inspiring me. You're lifting my spirit. And you're showing, you're putting a mirror on me to exactly how selfish I can be. Mm right? And how much I'm just like worried about my own needs. And, and I really appreciate that. So I just want to acknowledge you for that. But let's go back in time. Sure. Because you just said, well, Joseph, you know, people look at me and yeah, I got money now. So they think it's easier for me. And back in your, before you made your first $100,000, right, right. were you doing these types of behaviors or was that no. not a something formed yet? Why no, not? I wasn't because Why I wasn't not? educated in this. I wasn't, I didn't have mentors that taught me this. I didn't know. You don't know what you don't know. And that's the reason I've gone on a quest to educate and to teach and to show people how much faster it can happen if you change that. I was all about myself. I was arrogant, condescending. I was selfish. And I'm telling you, man, I went to some of the hard school of Knox. I mean, I had it tough. And I haven't even shared yet about 2001 and what happened. What happened, I was on my way to the office. Things were good. I worked three days a week. My partner worked the other three days. We had a beautiful home set up on a hill. I mean, I had all the stuff. And, you know, it was like utopia. It was like two beautiful daughters. I had all the stuff. And at 7.30 in the morning, August 1st, 2001, I'm headed to the office. And a guy named Enrique was crossing the street in front of me to catch a local bus. He didn't look my way. And I ran over and killed a pedestrian. Mm. Now, man, you talking about your life coming to a screeching halt. Mine came to a screeching halt that day. And I'm like, my whole life changed. I was blindsided. Matter of fact, I even titled it in my book, View from the Top. The chapter is called Blindsided. We never know when that's going to happen to us in some form or fashion, whether it's a relationship loss, whether it's a financial crisis, whether it's death. We never know when we're going to be blindsided. What I discovered through that was, is if I had stepped off the curb that day and run over and was killed, here's what my legacy would have been. Poor kid from Nashville, Tennessee, makes enough money to retire at age 27. Nobody cares. Mm. And I became extremely guilt-ridden over that. And I said, God, I don't want that legacy. What I want is a legacy where Joseph stands there one day and looks at me and says, man, big A made a difference in my life. My life is better today as a result of having known that man. And see, we're all going to reach that point someday. Somebody's going to say, hey, man, what was his legacy? You're leaving a legacy. It's just, what is it? And that yeah. day, something flipped for me, and it took five years I didn't work for five years. I had to go to counselors and coaches and get people around me. You don't kill somebody and get over it. God gives you the grace to learn to deal with it. And it took five years for me to work through that. Then I go back and go into business again. The people that are listening to me today, you may have struggled with something. You may be in that spot right now where you feel like you're in a ditch. I want to encourage you to take the chains from around your neck and move on because you've got people counting on you. You've got family members that are depending on you. You've got brothers and sisters. You've got maybe a father or mother. People are counting on you, and you can't allow yourself to stay there. Life's going to happen to us, Joseph, and you know that. And we can choose to stay in the fetal position underneath our desk, or we can shake ourselves off, pull up our boots, take the chain from around our neck, and move on, or we can lay there and die. 
And I chose to pick myself up and move on. And I know your listeners can do the same. So Aaron, I literally shared with you before we got on the show that I've been going through a storm in one of my businesses and I was bunkered down in fetal position under my desk, curled up in a ball, feeling bad for myself. I'm now at the point where I'm probably on all fours, but I'm not upright yet. Right. And I'm really relying on God and, and what I found is that God has brought me into deeper and closer relationship with him through the storm mm-hmm. because I couldn't rely on myself when everything has fallen down around me. I couldn't rely on my know-how, my skill set. Everything I used to do to be successful all of a sudden wasn't working. Right. And I find looking back now in retrospect it's such a beautiful place to be because it's a place of childlike dependence on our heavenly father. Right. And I know this is a business show, but I really stand for building faith into your business and startup nation. If you're listening right now, you have faith. It's what you have faith in that may differ from person to person, but you have faith, right? And really bringing your faith into your business lets you show up in that authentic way in your business. And it's not always a pretty picture, being authentic. Sometimes being authentic is walking with your head held down because you just got kicked in the gut really hard. And so, that's so can, okay. we di- can we dive into what you just said just a little bit further? Can we dive a little deeper? I want to challenge the line of thinking of bringing your faith into your business because I think they're inseparable. I, I don't think it's something that we elect to do or not do. I think it's, I am my business. I'm Aaron Walker, whether I'm with my family, mm-hmm. whether I'm at work, uh, I am the company. So I can't say this is my spiritual hat. This is my occupation. A, a friend of mine called me recently and he knows there's one particular big podcast he wanted to be on. And he said, I'm not sure this guy is a person of faith. And he said, I need to know your insight because I know you've been on there a number of times. I need to know whether I should talk about my faith or not talk about my faith, use it a lot, not at all. Don't mention it. And his name is Billy. And I said, Billy, i got a question for you. He said, sure. I said, why don't you just be Billy? And the phone got real quiet and he said, yeah, that's what I need to do. Don't I said, we don't need to use it. We need to live it. And if it comes up, then talk about it. If it doesn't come up, don't talk about it. Don't hide from it. Don't flaunt it. Just be yourself. Whatever the situation is. See, I think we need to be authentic and genuine regardless of who's around. I think we need to be willing to stand alone for our convictions. If the whole room votes against you, but you're convicted, uh, you should be willing to stand alone. And so I encourage people, you should watch the same things on TV when your wife is present or whether she's not. You should tell the same jokes if your grandkids are there or whether they're not. You and I, Joseph, should have the same conversation if we're on stage in front of 50,000 downloads a month or whether it's me and you alone. We should have that type of conversation. So the reason I mention that is, is I think that bringing Christ into your business is not optional if you're a believer because I think it is your life. I think we're stewards over what God has entrusted in us. See, we're not owners anyway. It's his. I'm managing something that he's loaned to me. And if he wants to take it away, he'll take it away. If he wants to give me more, he'll give me more. And it's a level of peace and confidence that I have in Christ. So I don't have to worry about that because he teaches us not to worry, right? 
And so when you give it to God like that, it really negates you being worrisome over it because it's not yours. You're just managing it. And it's all a stewardship thing. It's all how you look at the ownership of what you have. Aaron, thank you for the pushback on that. And I I really do appreciate that because I think the main message I really want to get across is show up authentically you. So if you're a believer, bring God into your business. Sure. Don't resist Right. And, and compartmentalize and live this duality, right? These two separate lives, like you were saying. That's so tiring. It's exhausting, right? Yeah. And yeah. you never get to fully show up 100% where people get to know who the heck you are. Right. Because they only see in 50% here, 50% there, and sometimes they're in conflict with each other. So we got to wrap this up, um, unfortunately, right? Because I love this conversation. This is just an enjoyable and uplifting conversation. However, my audience always wants, like, give me the nitty gritty. Come on, let's Let's do some do business it. for the next four or five <laughs> minutes. All right. First off, and I'm just going to hit you with some, some sure. quicker questions. How much revenue approximately, gross revenue, did your business do in the last 12 months? And you can give a range if that's more comfortable. Yeah, it's uh, seven plus figures. Got it. All right. So you're in, uh, what is that? That's uh, millions, right? That's in the millions. Yeah. Seven plus figures. Okay. How long did it take you to make your first 100K in this business? Was it a few weeks? Was it a few months? A few years? How long? Yeah. The first year. Yeah. The first first year. year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. God really blessed it. And uh, we came in hitting the ground running hard. And uh, yes, it was the first year in this business. Got it. And how did you make your first $100,000? Like go back in time with me for a second and literally give me what are the three top tips or three top strategies that you used to cross over that 100K mark? Yeah, I'm going to tell you two things. It don't even take three. First of all, the top two things that you need to do is you need to build relationships intentionally. And I've built all 12 businesses on the backs of relationships. Relationships trump everything. There's, you get out from behind your screen, get on the phone, go shake some hands, hug some necks, rub some babies' heads. You've got to have press in the flesh. You've got to have relationships. You can do that virtually if you'd like, but get from behind your screen, get on the phone, call these people, talk to them, build relationships. That's never outdated. That never gets old, ever. And so it's not antiquated. I'm just telling you, build relationships. Got it. Now, let me ask you this. On the relationships, you said build relationships intentionally. Yep. What type of relationship should I be looking for? Any and every kind of relationship you can build. You can look at my phone right now. There are thousands of contacts, thousands of them. And it's because I'm very intentional about reaching out and building relationships in, in different areas and arenas. We'll, we'll go into When I was a kid, when my kids were little, when they were at home, we'd go into a restaurant and the kids would say, let's go sit down. Dad's going to speak to 13 people before he gets to the table. <laughs> it's because I very intentionally build relationships. I love to do that. The second thing, the second tip I wanted to give you, consistency. Now, I'm just going to tell you, it's like, oh, yeah. No, I mean consistency. And here's the thing. So when I started doing this business, I said I was going to do podcast interviews. And that was going to be the number one medium that I used 
to promote our business. And I would go home at night and I could not talk. I'd done so many interviews. I could not literally talk. I'd get up tomorrow and I'd go do it again. And I'd go do it again. Same way we do Facebook lives right now. Three and a half years ago, I started doing Facebook lives. And I said, I'm going to do three to four every week, no matter what. And I've done it. Now we have thousands to our credit as a result of the consistency. People say, well, I don't feel like it. Well, I don't care. Get out there and do it anyway. It's the consistency. We have a plan for everything that we do. And we implement on our plan. It eliminates the shiny object syndrome. So get a Google document, write down the plan. I know months in advance, the books we're going to read, the people we're going to interview. I know exactly what we're going to do. And I stick to that plan each and every day. All the people that I've been around my entire career do the same thing. That's why they're successful. So build relationships and be consistent even when you don't feel like it. Huge startup nation. Build relationships intentionally and be consistent. I can attest for this in my own podcasting journey. I set out with a goal, Aaron, of doing two different shows once a week. And I said, you know, I'm not going to make the mistake like I see other podcasters do where they, it leads to pod fade, right? Where they end up quitting the show because they're watching the metrics. They're watching how many listeners, how many downloads, and it depresses them because it's not moving fast enough for them right? It's that instant gratification. So I said, for the first year, I'm not going to look at the metrics. And I may glance at them or whatever, but I'm not going to give meaning to it or a story behind it. My goal year one is to show up and deliver 52 shows for each, for 52 episodes for each show. And if I do that, then I can look back after year one and decide, okay, do I want to keep doing this? Do I want to move in a different direction? And I have now done that. And I've accomplished that. And I'm, that's like one of the things I'm most proud of mm. is my shows may not have been great in the beginning. As a matter of fact, they sucked. Right? They all do. Everybody's does. They all do. I, I've listened yep. to some of the top podcasters in the world right. to their right. episode zero, one, right. two, through 10. Yeah, they they're sucked terrible. back then. Yeah, yeah they right? did. Well, so did I. And the goal was this, simply show up and suck less. Show up and suck less. And eventually over time, you just get better, you get better. And so Startup Nation really learned from Aaron on that. That's so popular, so valuable. Aaron, one final question before we go into the hustle round. What was your big, hairy, number one mistake that you made along the way that really might have held you back from maybe escalating or accelerating that growth, that opportunity, those new possibilities. And looking back in retrospect, you're like, man, what an idiot. I shouldn't have done that. So that we can learn from you. What was that mistake? Yeah. Well, here's what you need to do. You need to read two books that I wished I had read years ago. One is called Mindset by Carol Dweck, where she talks about having a growth mindset, not a fixed mindset hugely transformational in the way you look at things. The other one is The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. There's upper limit challenges that we all face. Gay talks about how to overcome those upper limit challenges. We all have those voices in our head. We lay in bed at night and we say, we're not good enough. We don't have enough education. We don't have the resources. We don't have the finances. We don't have the relationships. And it's just not true. And you've got to push through those upper limit challenges. And so if you would read those two books and develop a different mindset and push through the upper limit challenges, you'll get there a lot faster. 
I love it. So Startup Nation, we've been speaking with Aaron Walker. You can find him at viewfromthetop.com. That's viewfromthetop.com. He's got a special webinar coming up. He's going to mention in just a few minutes, but let's get into the hustle round. Aaron, this is where I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready, sir? Let's do it. All right, Aaron, what's your favorite sound? The cash register. <laughs> I don't know. I thought about it. Cha-ching. Exactly. What's your least favorite sound? Uh, silence. Got that. What are you most afraid of? I fear missing an opportunity more than I fear failure. Mm, I see that. What did you spend way too much time doing your first year in business? Oh, me. Uh, having an upper limit challenge. Got it. What secret fear do you have about people? That they're not going to like me. Got it. What do you wish you had learned sooner in your business? How to build better relationships faster. And what's a new habit you want to form? Yeah, I need to pay attention more to the details. I'm a big picture visionary guy, and I get tripped up sometimes with uh, the lack of detail. So I either need more detailed people around me, or I've got to pick up on more details. I think many of us can relate to you on that. Sure. What's a bad habit you want to break? Yeah, I'm terrible at exercising and I've been fighting this for years and uh, you know, I got 10 or 15 pounds I need to lose, but I'm 58 years old and I'm in really great shape, but I cannot conquer the exercise thing like my buddies. I just cannot, I got discipline in every area of my life, but in exercise. It sounds like you have an upper limit challenge there too, man. I do. I do. Uh, got it. So pick three words to describe who you are now. Grit, determination, and perseverance. I like that grit. Pick three words to describe who you were your first year in business. Well, first year at 18 years old in business. We'll uh, go first, with Ar arrogance, yeah. arrogance, condescending, and self-gratifying. That's four words, but... Oh, man, I know some of those. Yeah. All right. And last question, Aaron, if you could come back to life and tell your family and friends, look your kids in the eye, your grandkids, and tell them only one piece of advice after you died, like what would you say to them? Yeah, it's cliche, but I would just say, be sure you invest the time, effort, and energy with your family because they have a memory the office doesn't. And you only get one go through with your family. You don't get a second chance. And I would say don't sacrifice uh, your family at the altar of money. Uh, I would say pay attention to the relationships that matter most. I really get that. Startup Nation, the altar of money. Do you worship uh, money and make it your God? It will always end in a disastrous downslide to the bottom. So Aaron, let's uh, talk to us about uh, this new webinar that you have, how accountability yeah, and fellowship can lead to a life of success and significance. Yeah, I would love for you to attend. It's free. So just to get to know me a little bit better, and I'm going to teach you how to live a life of success and significance. And this particular webinar is talking about how accountability and fellowships changed my life mastermind groups now for 20 years I've been involved in. I now have Iron Sharpens Iron Mastermind Group, uh, and it's radically transformed the lives of many, many people from all over the world, and I would love for you to get involved in that as well. But attend the webinar, and you'll know a little bit more about me and what we stand for, and 
possibly you might have an interest in how you can build a life of success and significance. And where can uh, Startup Nation find that webinar, sir? Yeah, just go to viewfromthetop.com forward slash sign hyphen up hyphen for hyphen webinar. And it's going to be in the show notes, I'm sure, as well. And sign up for free. No charge to you whatsoever. We would love to have you. Startup Nation for free. Look at the benefits and the perks of you being a listener to First 100K. Aaron, any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about making their first 100K and breaking through that milestone? Yeah, when I was a little kid, my mom had a saying. She said, can't, couldn't do it, and could, did it all. I don't let anybody steal my dream. No naysayers. I surround myself with eagles and not the turkeys. You know, Jim Rohn says you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And if you want to get to your first 100K fast, believe that you can do it. Surround yourself with people that can help you get there because we're designed to be in community and it's going to take you to a level you've never been. Awesome. Aaron, and what's the best way for Startup Nation to get in touch with you personally? Yeah, viewfromthetop.com. I'm on all the social media platforms. My phone number and email address is there, and I would love to talk to you specifically about being involved in the Mastermind Group. If you want your life to transform, get involved in Iron Sharpens Iron. Love it. Aaron Walker, thank you for being on the show today, my friend. May God bless you, bless your life. I wish you peace, love, and your next seven figures. How's that? Thanks, Joseph. Have a good one, buddy. We'll see you. You too. God bless. Startup Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your business without building faith in your business. If you want to have that conversation on the faith side of things, go check out my other podcast called Broken Catholic. On that show, I interview all different guests about why the world isn't working right now. Plus, I tackle unspeakable topics that you may secretly struggle with, but won't admit. We got to get your faith right to get your business right. Go to brokencatholic.com. I'm Joseph Warren, and you were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and I'll see you right back here next week.